I feel like they just have them hooked up to an IV and a catheter at the same time. And whenever it's time for one to be empty, they just reverse it. This is Night of the Living Dads. Hello and welcome to Night of the Living Dads. It's a horror media podcast where we talk about all kinds of stuff. I am Steve and I am a dad. And I am Leland. And I'm the amalgamation of thousands of corpses of dead dads who have been reanimated. Just thousands? Literally thousands. Every bad joke dads over the past millennia have ever told live within me. And I have returned after being sacrificed to Nyarlathotep uh, to bring you a second rate comedy podcast. I think second rate's being pretty generous, if we're being honest. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I really, what, I'm kind of hyped because we, in the week that we've, you know, put out the first episode, we've gotten 50 views, which is about 35 more than I anticipated. Yeah, that is a, we've, we've had a good reception as far as what we were expecting. So, uh, love you guys that are listening to this. Yeah. Don't be uh, also rate, comment, subscribe. Is that what people say still? Make sure to smash that like button. Are there like buttons on other podcast platforms? I don't. I don't think so. What? Ha- however, you express that you appreciate what we do, please do that. So yeah. Um, originally, Yarlathotep, huh? Yeah, he's he's my favorite. He is my favorite uh, cosmic deity because he's not just. He's not inherently evil. I mean, he is. He's a son of a bitch for sure. But it's he does things more just for just to see what happens, you know? Like he's not like I just want pain and suffering for everyone. He's like, "Uh, this would be funny." So what you, what I'm hearing you say is he's like HP Lovecraft's Joker. Yeah. I mean, obviously any any time he's portrayed as in media, he's He's got a couple different monikers, the man in black, the black goat, you know, the, the black pharaoh, always black, um, which uh, we can have a conversation on that on a later date. But he's he's probably my favorite just because of his actual like the conception. Of, I mean, like yeah, I've got a I've got a big old fucking tattoo of him on the inside of my bicep. So I'm pretty invested in him. If someone looks at the inside of your bicep, how hard is that sanity check? If you if you fail, you have to roll one d six. Oof. Yeah, it's it's pretty heavy hand, or it can be pretty heavy handed. All right. Well, I guess uh, you want me to introduce the topic this this week, this bi week, this fortnight. <laughs> I know that I know that last week we said that this week we were going to do the story that fucked us up the most. But we had a conversation and decided that it might be time to switch things up from, you know, just pure, you know, movies, television, that kind of stuff, and be a little bit more interactive. So we scrapped the movie that fucked us up the most. And what are we talking about today, Steve? I'm actually really excited about this one, Leland. We are going through and uh, rating the most evil presidents ever. And now when we talked about it before, you said it, you said it weird, but I've been doing research ever since we talked and I'm really excited to talk about president evil president. No, 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 no. Resident 
no no p resident evil the video game series what do you mean like the the capcom survival horror uh you know shoot them kind of that thing i wrote two thousand words on grover cleveland yesterday that's just gonna get thrown away now well uh if it's any consolation you were wrong there too because the worst president we had is andrew jackson so yeah we're going to scrap that and talk exclusively about the resident evil video game franchise fine (laughs) all right so this is probably i think that the biggest takeaway from this is other than you know fucking sewer super marty if i can fucking talk this morning other than super mario and all of the you know like old school nintendo ips resident evil has hung in there for a long ass time like a long ass time yeah it's been around for a minute especially for a horror game a survival horror game normally you get one maybe two of those three if you just add in more guns and turn it into a first person shooter but here we are what are we like two weeks away from the eighth actual like series installment and it's what number actual game they've come out with well, Resident Evil 8 is the one that's coming out on May the 7th. Yeah. Which is what prompted prompted us to do that this video. This podcast. We're doing a podcast. God, whatever this is. Why are all these cameras in here, then? Uh, don't ask questions, but it's a podcast. Okay. Well, then I'm going to put my pants back on. I thought we were... I'm just all fucked up today. I thought we were doing all kinds of different things. I t- that Seagram's gin. You... You should probably definitely cut back by at least half. How about I just drink it slower? That sounds like it could work. It just depends on how slow you drink it. More than just one long swallow. We, we might have to have a different discussion after we, uh, after we end this. But moving forward, this has been probably one of the most influential video game franchises that's come out. What was the original? Atari? Came out in when? 70-something? Something. And so, I mean, Resident Evil debuted, what, 96, I think, on the original PlayStation? 96 or 97, something like that. So, I mean, in five years, it will have been around for 30 years. It's got eight full installments, a handful of offshoot games that are also still written into the main overarching story, and it's had how many movies? To, to put this in perspective, Super Mario Brothers has only had one movie. And, and we could have done without that one, if we're being honest. Now, I mean, like five years ago, I could have made that and people would have been like, oh, yeah, you're right. But now fucking Nintendo has their own theme park. So, you know, whatever. Look, I saw the Super Mario Brothers movie in theaters. It has a special place in my heart. Bob Hoskins will always be Mario to me. But, man, looking back, it's it's kind of a fucking train wreck. Will John Leguizamo always be Luigi in your heart also? No. No, he won't. <laughs> no, one, no one cares about Luigi. He's got his own title. Luigi's Mansion. It, Louis, Luigi's whole thing is, oh, I'm scared and I suck at things. It's pretty fun. It's pretty fun and it's, it's a funny game. But Resident Evil. Okay. Yeah, let's focus. So, yeah, I mean, I don't think there was anybody that thought you know what we could keep this up for 30 years but because of the changes that it's made 
in each of the subsequent titles, I really think that it's just kind of evolved, adapted, and it's always been really, really smart in how it presents itself. I know that, you know, six got a lot of, a lot of hate mm-hmm. for a lot of different reasons. Mm-hmm. And I, I, yeah, I, I'm probably one of the few people that said that I enjoyed it because of how much content you got for the amount of money, because I've been burned before. I paid $60 for the order 1886 and finished it in like, I don't know, by lunchtime or something like that. Uh, and I was real upset. And there was only one of those. But I had, you had three different, four different campaigns, if you count the Ada Wong campaign, which we're going to dive into all of this. But what I'm, what I'm getting to is even after all of that hate, they completely revitalized it again for seven and just completely changed the game with it. No pun intended. I guess uh, I, I guess a good way to start this off would I feel be... Like we need to probably talk about the story and like where the story has gone over the last 30 years. I mean, just for the random, the random person who's never played it, never had any interest. I'm not saying that we're going to influence somebody to start playing the games, but it, it's nice to sound like we're, we're knowledgeable on the topic. And it's not just a grab because it's coming out in two weeks. Right. Okay, well, um, I guess we can start that off. Yeah. Like, I know that the games themselves, like, they're, they're very much, like, set, like, setting-wise, time-wise. But all of the events that have been going on, are they still keeping it, like, from 1998, 97, or whatever it was, and now they're doing it and it's 30 years later? Or is this still in Resident Evil, like, microcosm world, and it's, you know, maybe five or six years later? Man, I don't think they can have it be 1997. I don't think they can have it be 2020. Like, Chris Redfield is not 30 years older than he was. Yeah, because, I mean, you know, they they very, that's part, that's kind of part of the story is in, you know, 1990, blah, 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 uh, you know, Raccoon City, you know, had a full-on meltdown because of umbrella corporation and all this stuff so it's kind of like is this all canon or are these like separate events going on like what is what's the deal with this steve well as far as i know everything is canon um i guess i guess we can do a story breakdown real quick for the people if anyone's listening to this and is unfamiliar with the resident evil series we could do like a little plot summary yeah now let me I mean, dredge up the old memory banks here. Uh, it was uh, was started by Ashford and what was the other dude's name? Began with an S. I don't know. I can look it up and tell you. Well, I just look it up and tell tell us. But uh, so it started with Ashford and his buddy, whose name we don't remember. Uh, they discover the flower stairway to the sun that we discovered later on in Resident Evil Five. Um, they realize that it has the ability to recombine the genes of other organisms. In a lot of cases, uh, you know, people who were affected by that virus would die, but a specific ethnogroup in West Africa proved they, they had an immunity that wouldn't cause them to die, but they would more or less get superpowers. So then Marcus and Bailey bring that back to America you know, to cultivate and to start uh, working on eugenics and later on biological warfare for the government. Right. And then they uh, 
they were working in a lab. It was underneath uh, in the Arclay Mountains, right? That's where yeah. the first game takes place. So yeah, they um, Spencer had a mansion constructed just so that they could have the lab under the mansion. And I know I'm not super familiar with Resident Evil Zero, but that was something they were trying to get a vaccine for this for this virus before everything went sideways. I think it started out because Raccoon City started having uh, a lot of really violent murders going on. It, it was it's it's literally directly before Resident like the first Resident Evil opens up. They and that's they send Star's Bravo team to the Spencer Mansion to figure out what's going on. Um, and that's who you then find playing through Resident Evil One is the remains of the Star's Bravo team. Yeah, it's it's their equivalent of a SWAT team, pretty much. All of this happens because Spencer, Marcus, and Ashford they founded Umbrella Pharmaceuticals, which they had created just as a shell company to work on uh, the progenitor virus. And then everything kind of comes to a halt because of the events of Code Veronica. Now, leading up to that, William Birkin develops the the BOWs that, you know, the big kind of like alligator, frog, human things. That's where you see those original BOWs that you have to that you have to fight in. Uh, I think it's two that you see the hunter. Because the first one had the liquors, right? The uh, second one also has the liquors. Yeah, but that was that was their big reveal. I think number two, you had the hunters. Yeah, and you have the tyrant, you know, Mr. X. One and two were kind of happening at the same time. Well, one, two, and three. Yeah. After Birkin develops the BOW program, he comes up with the G virus um, that is mutated from the original T virus, which is now what would be able to like have humans be able to mutate into what he called the superior life form. And that's kind of what we see uh, starting the events of um, Resident Evil 1. And Nemesis is released to hunt down stars, people. Fucking all the zombies happen in Raccoon City. And that's that's the last, like, zombie kind of thing is is three. Because everything after that, there's there's a kind of variant based on the, the mutation, the, the T-virus. That's really started where you get in, like, that kind of parasitic host kind of deal. Because I'll tell you, like, the, the whole idea... They really took that idea of to kill a zombie, you have to shoot it in the head. Because... I mean, that was that was kind of the thing, you know, in that was a horror trope from Romero on forward. You destroy the bank, you just blah, 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 blah. you destroy the brain, you kill the host. Right. And now all of a sudden you destroy the brain and you get a giant uh, centipede fucking thing that will rip your spine out of your ass. Literally, you wouldn't think you could get to the spine back there, but they find a way. They do find a way. I'm just going to be honest with everybody. If you want to know the full-on fleshed-out story in under an hour, there is a great YouTube video that explains it all in 40 minutes from nose to toes, like the whole thing. And it does a much better job of explaining the story than, than I'm doing right now because, unfortunately, I get caught up in a lot of the details. So you've got... The founding of Umbrella, Resident Evil Zero, is as things at the Spencer Mansion start to unravel. 
Resident Evil 1 is in response to Resident Evil 0 because Bravo team goes missing. Um, Resident Evil 2 happens simultaneously. The outbreak in Raccoon City, and Raccoon City basically just sort of crumbles and is subsequently nuked. Is that right? Am I remembering that right? Um, yeah. So I think that they nuked it so that they would be destroying um, the Nemesis and the Tyrants. Because... Mr. X is also different than the tyrant that you have to fight. Like, there's more than one. Mr. X is a tyrant, though. He is a tyrant, yes. But there's, like, two or three others on top of Nemesis. So at any given point in time, you could just get your shit fucked up in Raccoon City. And the whole, the coolest part of this is none of it was explained until the spinoff game Operation Raccoon City, which I thoroughly enjoyed. But going back to this, Resident Evil 3 picks up and Stars has been disbanded. Um, everybody's demanding investigations into Umbrella. The giant laboratory that was that went from the the Spencer Mansion into Raccoon City gets leaked by rats. Then Umbrella unleashes. Uh, the nemesis to hunt down and eliminate all the stars members because they're the only ones who actually know what's going on. You know, now that I'm trying to like explain this story and, you know, put it into words, it's real easy to see how long, like, like why soap operas have been around for so fucking long. Yes. This should be crap. Like people have been watching the same motherfucker on what's that show young and the restless people have been mm -hmm. watching the same old motherfucker on young and the restless for like 50 years and he's still causing problems victor and the only reason, you, victor the only reason i know that is because uh my wife was was really really involved in young and the restless whenever we had just gotten together and it was always kind of humorous to me but granny when i was home from school or before I went to school, Granny was always watching Young and the Restless and Bold and the Beautiful. That's funny. Yes. The only thing I remember about Bold and the Beautiful is that fucking saxophone. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, they, uh, yeah, I mean, it's only a matter of time until, uh, Chris Redfield's evil twin shows up, but the, the evil twin is going to be pregnant with Leon's baby and it's just going to get all kinds of crazy. I'm just waiting for the aliens to happen. You know what the best the best thing that I've ever seen on that show is is one day in the middle of a like we were watching an episode and in the middle of a scene the screen went black and it just said going forward the character of something something is going to be played by blah 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 and then it like pans to him like finishing the other characters like the other actor's line as that character and I'm just like this is so fucking messy <laughs> But also, but also that <laughs> that would explain why each of these character renderings look so dramatically different from the predecessor. Like Resident yeah. Evil 2 Remastered Jill looks way different than... Claire, you mean? Huh? What did I say? Jill. No, like Resident Evil 2 Jill... Or I'm sorry, Resident Evil Claire. remake Jill looks so different than than uh, Jill like from Resident Evil Five, 
or even like the 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 first reboot of Resident Evil One, like just like stylistically like different. Yeah, and you're gonna get that when you get the remakes and everything. I feel like they have just the the check marks that they need to hit for each one. Chris Redfield, grizzled veteran, uh, but sometimes he has like bodybuilder arms, and sometimes he's just like regular guy. Yep. <laughs> Which that's kind of that's kind of funny in itself. Like I feel like I feel like uh, <laughs> I'm trying to find the stupid thing. Do you know Do you know who Kyle Chandler is, the no. actor? If I showed him to you, you would, and this would make a lot more sense. Here, I'm gonna send you this picture real quick so that you'll know who I'm talking about. Or I'm gonna put it in the chat. Okay. Uh, I accidentally typed. Uh, I was trying to search for Mark Ruffalo and accidentally typed. Mark Fuffalo, um, but it's a good thing that Google knew what I was trying to say. That seems like a good way to stumble into porn parodies. <laughs> so, okay, so basically Kyle Chandler and Mark Ruffalo is what happens with, like, the Resident Evil casting. Like, it's a guy that kind of looks familiar sometimes, but you could tell who they really were. Oh, okay, yeah, that dude. Yeah, where he just looks, he just looks accidentally familiar. Like, you can't ever place him, but you know that you've seen him and stuff. yeah. Uh, random white dude. Mm-hmm. So that's that's kind of how how uh, Resident Evil does their uh, their character renderings. I feel is just it's vague enough so that you know you, you can't really tell that they were inspired by any particular person, but specific enough to where you can tell the difference between the models. Yeah. Boy, I feel like this is. I feel like it's been really, really hard to talk about this game, like in, in terms of like specifics. So after the events in Raccoon City and the surrounding areas, um, everyone becomes aware of Umbrella. Stars is disbanded. They form the BSAA to combat biological biological warfare, you know, organisms or whatever. And uh, that's sort of where the rest of the games take off from. Four is Leon Kennedy looking into the Las Plagas parasite which is the start of the parasites and he's also trying to rescue the president's daughter. Oh yeah, cuz um his uh his his campaign in 6 doesn't it start also with the president and like the president's died and become a zombie and he had to kill him. Yeah, and I it, isn't his daughter a character in one of them too? She is. She's uh she's in one of the uh the offshoots revelations. So for Las Plagas Five is more the roots of where the progenitor virus came from initially. Yeah. The, uh, Chris working for the BSAA and uh, a new character, Shiva, is uh, looking into this and they discover where the actual virus came from, this flower that just sort of naturally contains this virus. And then... well, they were they were they were a um, they were investigating that that terror attack on that like that terraformed island country or whatever am i wrong on that i could not tell you but anyway the 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 important part is they find out where the virus came from initially then number six was just a bunch of shit (laughs) yeah well you had you had leon wrapping up his uh like his narrative from four you had uh chris continuing which I honestly was kind of upset that they replaced uh, Sheva. Like I, I like I liked Sheva as a, <laughs> as a compatriot, and they just gave you like the little like the it was like baby Chris Redfield. Oh yeah, 
didn't you have to play as him? Yeah. Um, and the whole thing, the whole time I could just think like, don't ever talk to me or my son ever again. <laughs> like that thing. Cause literally like there wasn't anything specific about him. He just looked like he might've been Chris's little brother at some point. And they're like, uh, look, Dad, look, look how I shoot the zombies. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, so, so they had him continuing to, and the cool thing is, is everybody was still in their like element. You know what I mean? Like Chris was still dealing with like Ouroboros type enemies. Um, Leon was still more so geared towards the traditional Resident Evil kind of things. And then uh, you had Albert Westcott's son who was uh, fighting zombie robot things. Who uh, He apparently has superpowers. Yeah, he, he inherited his dad's genetic modifications to a degree. It wasn't anything special. I wanted to see them do more with him, but there wasn't anything to write home about. Well, yeah, you can't... It wouldn't be engaging if you were fucking super speeding all over the place, uppercutting zombies' heads off. And and he also looked like strangely extra Eastern European. Yeah. Mr. Wesker, I am your son. And then, so I guess... You know what? What maybe we need to clarify, and I don't even know because I I'm not 100 percent sure, but how seven ties back into um, the standard titles. Well, uh, some evil corporation was experimenting with something called the mold, and uh, people that this is going to sound weird, but people that they had created out of the mold that caused it like they have telepathic abilities and mind control and just sort of spread it wherever they go. Um, and their sh- it was a ship. Their ship crashed in, was it Louisiana? It certainly had the feel of Louisiana. Yeah, no, that, um, that was, I think that they were trying to draw some kind of parallel to, to BP or something like that. Okay. Well, yeah, it crashed in Louisiana uh, on the edge of this, farmer the these people and they uh they rescued this what they thought was just a you know stranded little girl survivor of this wreck but she basically took them over and started converting them into these monstrosities and the main character Ethan his uh his girlfriend or fiance was one of the caretakers of Mia she survived the ship crash, but also got sort of mind fucked by the little girl and just sort of joined this family. Right. Yeah. Cause I, I remember, I remember playing through this and it was, it, it set it up in a much more personal way than any of the other titles had been, you know, because it was not only putting you in first person, but now you're searching for your girlfriend or whomever, as opposed to just trying to figure out what happened to to Bravo team or, you know, trying to trying to survive Raccoon City. And I liked how they didn't I liked how right at the start of the game, they didn't give you any. This is going to sound derisive, but it's it's easy to just sort of collectively refer to it this way. Uh, They didn't give you any of the Resident Evil bullshit where it's oh viruses, progenitor T cells or whatever. It's just, I'm trying to find my girlfriend. Oh, man, there's some fucked up stuff in this house. These people are cannibals or something. Yeah, you you really, and I, I got to be, spoiler again, I was real fucked up, like, whenever they, like, cut your fucking arm off. 
in the beginning. Like, cause the whole, the whole time, like you find out like, Oh, these are terrible fucking people. And then you're hiding from them. And then all of a sudden just a, you know, a quick tie or a, I don't know. It, it was a, it's a mandatory encounter to move the yeah. game forward. And they're just like, Oh, well you put your hand up to protect yourself. And they just cut right through that. And they, and then they just keep fucking you up and then they make you, uh, you wake up and you're eating, uh, the worst Thanksgiving in Louisiana. And it's almost like comical how this, this mold has like, like his impression of these people. Right. Well, I mean, I say his, but, um, cause I was, ours. I was yeah, it, it's just, it's so funny to see like the molds impersonation of who these people were. And they're just making them out to be like this redneck torture murder family and shit. And you just think like that that's just, just you just think that's how yeah. these backwoods people are. You just wake up like you don't know anything about this mold shit at this point. Yeah. You just you get your arm cut off. You wake up. You're being inducted into part of the family from Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And you don't know what's fucking happening. They're eating like body parts and they're like fighting each other. It It's pretty awful. It really is like the worst Thanksgiving scenario. But yeah, no, I think I think of how how personal they made this one is why it was so effective from the get go. Like you said, because it didn't have any of those tropes that you would come to know as as, you know, being Resident Evil. There's no big bad umbrella. There's no case file that you're having to, you know, investigate that's got all these murders and shit. You're your girlfriend just sends you a video and it's like, uh, don't come down here. In which case you'd go down there anyway. Yeah. Cause you're, she's gone and you're trying to find her and you want to know what happened. It all, it all tracks. It all makes sense. It's a more personal story. It's less, uh, it's lower stakes than you've seen in the most recent resident evils. Like no one's trying to blow the world up as far as you can tell or, uh, take shit over it's just you're in a creepy fucking house there's some weird shit going on with people that are trying to hurt you and i I think that's why it works so well yeah because i mean as horrible as insane people with money are i mean let's face it uh the only reason that we don't have a super villain right now like a like an ashford wesker whatever umbrella corporation is just because Amazon's not there yet and Jeff Bezos hasn't figured out how to how to monetize fucking viruses and shit. Don't say this too loud cuz I can just hear the fucking Amazon branded superpowers being marketed. Uh, can you imagine ordering like invisibility from wish.com? <laughs> can you imagine ordering invisibility from like Etsy? And it's somebody's like horrible cross-stitched version. Man, Superpower Etsy is basically we've just turned into fucking Resident Evil World at that point. <laughs> I mean, and and really and truthfully, that's that's kind of my my where my thoughts took me is, huh, you know, it's a good thing that these people aren't like clinically insane like to the point of trying to make super soldiers because that's exactly how resident evil happened as Jeff Bezos uh, decided, you know, what'd be cool mutant zombie dogs. 
We're just lucky that Jeff Bezos is just a fucking logistics nerd. Like his whole thing is, I'm gonna figure out how to do this real good and gets get you stuff. Yeah, because he uh, he could have he could have been like a like a fucking biochemist, in which case we would have had Resident Evil in real life. Yeah, would have it would have already happened. I mean, as it is now. It's it's going to happen because he mandates his employees have to eat the company gruel when he's at when they're at work. Um, that just gets piped into them, and he's going to experiment with genetics that way to try and make cheap meat. Amazon meat. Get your get your meat in twenty four hours or less. They feed them company gruel and their own pee. No, look, they don't feed them their pee. They can just pee in bottles if they want. They're not forced to drink it. I feel like they just have them hooked up to an IV and a catheter at the same time. And whenever it's time for one to be empty, they just reverse it. (laughs) That's horrible. Amazon, we're extra efficient. You technically get medical coverage. Because we're going (laughs) to hook you up to machines. Um. But no, man, I mean, they don't even let these people take like breaks to go pee. I don't feel like they are going to put in the time and the money to hook them up to IVs and catheters. Which that's how you get zombies anyway. So thank God. I, like, I, I don't know if you've ever been around a nursing home, but it's almost like being in Raccoon City. Um, but everyone's just got like cookies and sugar free um, dried fruit that they want to give to you. They will still bite on occasion. So. Where do you even buy those little wrapped up strawberry hard candies with the goo in the middle? Dollar General has them during the spring. I worked at Dollar General and I don't think that's where they get them. Then maybe they get them at Dollar Tree? Absolutely a dollar. Something with dollar in the name, I guess. Because honestly, look, I if if I'm having if I have candy, this is such an old fucking Southern thing, but if I just have candy in a dish just in case guests come by, I'm not putting out my primo shit. You want free candy? You're going to get the strawberries. Y'all ain't getting my fucking cowtails. <laughs> I guess uh, I talk about our, our favorite entry in the Resident Evil series. That's going to be tough. Mine is Resident Evil 2. And I think it's it's probably for me just because it's the first one that I uh, I played. I, I got it for Christmas one year uh, on the Nintendo sixty four, and I was never allowed to play it. Mm-mm. Now I should I shouldn't have been allowed to play it because <laughs> it was very scary to me. It, it was the first like horror game I played outside of Eternal Darkness, which ooh that was a good one. But no wait. Eternal Darkness was yeah, later, wasn't it? That, that was, was GameCube. GameCube. I was about to say. Ah, damn my old brain. Anyways, uh, but Resident Evil 2 was the first horror game I played. And it was it was really the one that showed me that that was a thing. Yeah. And this was the original. So let me just say, the controls sucked. It was, it was tough to run your little dude around from that static camera with the whole tank controls. Like you turn with one stick and move forward with the other but uh it was a it was a it was a ton of fun and mr x was fucking terrifying yeah and he would just (laughs) 
bust up out of shit and start punching your just shit out of ground. nowhere. Yeah. Like, so it was so cool because up to this point, you know, we had had, you know, they, they had made 007. Uh, I mean, well, let's, let's take it back even further uh, because this isn't something that was just exclusive to two. They also had it in one, but um, prior to this, there was no like horror games, right? Like there wasn't anything that immersed you in that and gave you that same experience that you got watching a horror movie, but in a video game, like there weren't jump scares. There weren't, you know, like just scary, horrific monsters that you had to like creep around and not get, you know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, I think there was probably some old FMV games for the computer, but this was the first thing that I, I had yeah. played. The the For fact sure. of, you know, having that Mr. X, like, as a mechanic, you didn't know at the time, but, you know, whenever he, like, busted through a wall or, like, found you in the streets or something like that, like, you were like, oh, fuck, my shit's about to get rocked. And you were just booking it however you could to get away from it. Yeah, they, they were really smart with the way they paced it, because I know in the remake, it's more of a dynamic thing, like he's actually walking around looking for you. But in the, the previous one, it was scripted. And that, that first time through, uh, when you were not expecting a, a giant trench coat man to plunge through the ceiling and block this hallway that you've been through, you know, fucking 20 times before. Yeah. It was it was very startling, and they, they always paced it really well for me. So, yeah, I mean, I can't say that there's a title that I dislike. There's some that I prefer not to play. I, I, I think that every Resident Evil game that they've come out with has been very meticulously crafted. Maybe not, you know, retroactively, but now how they're kind of retroactively tying everything up and making it make sense to the storyline. I don't know. It just, I want to assume that they began with the end in mind. That's pretty generous. I mean, like I said, I, I didn't think that, I don't think that they thought they'd be doing this in 30 years. No, I, I don't think that they did. So you, you don't have a favorite? So if I had to, if I had to put my finger on a favorite, I think that it's a toss up between I don't know. Should I should I actually pick a favorite? Because I like seven just as much as I like the first Resident Evil. I mean, pick a favorite. If if seven is your favorite, then say so. Okay. So I guess my favorite would have to be seven. Just because of how how immersive it was. You know, I was we were coming, you know, fresh off of Resident Evil Six, Operation Raccoon City mercenaries it really kind of seemed like they were turning resident evil into a run and gun kind of thing which is what pissed everybody off but when seven came when i saw the trailer for seven i thought that i was being pumped like i i, I genuinely was like okay this isn't where's the characters where's the bow where's you know and and they just introduced this completely different character completely different setup it's no longer, you know, an over-the-shoulder cam or a stationary cam. Now this is a first-person uh, horror survival game. And and can I just say that the first person was 
super effective. Like, I really enjoyed this game after the fucking run and gun bullshit of the others. Um, and just the way it sucked you in and it was really well done. Well, and I'm, 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 I'm so, sure that, you know, there were, there were just so many things that they couldn't do beforehand, you know, in order to kind of showcase, because honestly, can you imagine trying to play Resident Evil one through three in a first person? <laughs> no. So, I mean, I, I think that it was kind of, they, they were smart in that now that they had the ability to make an effective first person, that's the route they went with. Because you you really couldn't, it, it would not have been as effective as an over-the-shoulder cam. You know, being able to see the entire world around you and all this stuff, because there were so many, you know, cutscene events, there were so many, you know, just things that just made you play the game reactionary instead of being proactive about it. You you really mm-hmm. felt a like since since Nemesis, you really felt like you had to be reactive in how you played the game or else you wouldn't ever get through it. And now I didn't play it in VR. I know it was a VR title. Did did you ever try it? Um I never tried it. But I've seen a video of uh, a guy that made his like three year old play it in VR. What the fuck? Yeah, it 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 didn't go well. Yeah, no, like <laughs> there's adults that I wouldn't trust to play this in VR. I don't know. I don't know if that's actually what was going on, but that's that's what the implication was. Um, you didn't eat your you didn't eat your broccoli, Jimmy. Time to wade through the corpse water. <laughs> I don't know um but yeah no it's uh I I never played it on the VR just because VR wasn't ever something that I was into but also I didn't want to drop another you know however many hundreds of million dollars VR costs I don't think it's millions it's probably thousands that valve one is super expensive the which one the one that valve made oh yeah uh, I forget, I forget the name, but the, they released it with uh, Alex, the Half Life Alex. Yeah. It's supposed to be the best one, but fuck. yeah, no, I've, we're uh, we're in the middle of a of a pandemic, and we ain't wealthy, so that that's 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 very low. Actually, I I, I that's not even on my Christmas list. That's one of those things that I can probably live without. I'm old now, so my Christmas list is like socks underwear <laughs> a new tie for the office so um yeah seven 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 really blew me away um because i did not know what to expect i was i was emotionally invested in trying to figure out what was going on because they didn't tell you anything they didn't tell you how it related to the Resident Evil storyline, and also, spoiler alert, you didn't know until Chris fucking Redfield, which didn't even say it was Chris Redfield, at the end of the game, whenever everything's said and done, you know, they show up in a helicopter, and he's just like, I'm Redfield, let's get you out of here. Like, there was no umbrella, there was no BSAA, there was no anything tying it back to that original game. And man, that was 
that was so refreshing for me. I, I'll be honest, the game almost lost me when it started doing when Redfield showed up and it started connecting it back. Because I think from Resident Evil 4 until 6, I've just gotten I've just gotten kind of out on their whole their whole thing. So I, I felt like seven was so nice not to be tied into this web of, oh, now this is another corporation that's a umbrella subsidiary that is also fucking owned by a crazy person that wants to turn into goo so they can rule the world. <laughs> Which, um, I mean, in a way, it was. I mean, obviously, it didn't explicitly come out and say because of how they have the stories intertwining now and how the the story has progressed, you know, that's that's kind of one of the things is that it all kind of stems from the uh, the Ashford experiments in the mansion. I mean, I guess mm-hmm. if you really want to get super, super technical, it started with five, not chronologically, but because that's when it shows you that the uh, the flower in that. Uh, in that... Yeah, the path of the. The path of the sun, I think, is what the the flowers were called. Yeah, something like that. And and then they started making the the bio weapons out of the uh, out of the flower, and that's kind of where we are today. Is it's all a, it's all a, a substrain of a substrain of a substrain that goes back to that original virus that was found and captured in that flower. Because I'll be honest, those little uh, the the little goo monster things or the the mold creatures i don't specifically remember if there was a name for them but that was really reminiscent of uh ouroboros from from five and to a to a lesser degree the um what was the virus in number four i'm i'm gonna level with you i don't fucking know t g no a b it's tough to keep them all together all viruses look the same to me yeah they're all in that little that little vial that looks like DNA, but which when you think about it, wasn't necessarily like, why, why do they have to have that aesthetic? Like that, that's kind of a huge flex for a fucking pharmaceutical company to have like this own special, like double helix styled vial. Yeah, my question is what supplier did they find? And did they just buy them in bulk or like, is someone actually out there still manufacturing these vials? Because... Well, I think that... I, I mean... I think that the implication is that Umbrella is kind of like a, a one-stop shop corporation. Kind of like Pfizer and Johnson and Johnson. I mean, like, they, they make and produce, like, all their own shit. Like, it's all done in-house. That's why they're such a huge conglomerate. So, you, so what you're saying is that Johnson & Johnson is trying to manufacture biologically engineered monstrosities. Uh, well, they just uh, said, well, hold on about that vaccine this week. So uh, I guess we'll tell in about 30 days or so. But yeah, no, if it's, any, if it's anybody who's, a, who, who's an evil pharmaceutical company, it's definitely Johnson & Johnson. Because how do you... How do you create soap that causes no tears? I open my eyes under water and it hurts. Well, I'm going to level with you. I, uh, just as an experiment, I got a whole handful of no more tears and just rubbed it in my eyes. And I, it wasn't comfortable. Like It wasn't like an experience I'm planning to duplicate. Now, was this a recent thing that you tried? Like you just saw Aiden's shampoo and you're like, 
we'll see about this. No, Aiden is my three-year-old son. And uh, yeah, this was like 10 minutes ago. <laughs> I still can't like fully see. I'm just going off of vague shapes. Oh, shit. Well, I mean, there you go now. Johnson and Johnson pretty much just turned you into Daredevil. Just waiting for that super hearing to to show up so I can actually echolocate my way to the bathroom because I've got to pee. I think that I think that two, I liked two more than one because I liked the characters better. And the setting was a lot cooler. You know, they didn't ever explicitly come out and, you know, make things chronological. You were just invested in the characters, I think, is what made it successful from the beginning. Because right. it, we, we didn't have a lot of great ways to to uh, to explain narrative back in the early or the late 90s. You know, you, you couldn't have like an entire like 12 minute cinematic cutscene. Yeah, you got a cartridge. Uh, let me just say. Compared to my other Super Nintendo games. That fucking little, or Nintendo 64 games, that intro cinematic that played on the at the start of Resident Evil 2 was the coolest goddamn thing. Just, I didn't know my, my Nintendo could make things look like that. Like, do you remember fucking Goldeneye, man? It was like off-brand Lego figurines shooting each other. <laughs> like, how's he holding that gun with that box? Yeah, and, uh... And then I the, I really like that they tried to render all of the characters in Goldeneye like characters from the film, and it just ended up looking like if I had done a portrait of them with my left hand, and I'm and I'm right-handed by the way. Can you imagine if you woke up and everyone in your life looked like the characters from Goldeneye? <laughs> Goldeneye is like a stealth horror game now. Just thinking about that, you know, I, that's why well, they just gesture with their block taint block hands. Honey, will you get me the things over there? Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. Um, also, I have really strong opinions on Zelda games. Man, that is entirely outside the scope of our podcast, but I would like to fight with you on Zelda. I just, I don't have any desire to play anything past Majora's Mask. And my buddy Ryan keeps, every time he comes over, he's like, dude, you, you need to play Wind Waker. You gotta give Wind Waker a try. And... Yeah, Wind Waker was legitimately good. It was just it was the art style that fucked me up, which I know sounds silly, but I was I was invested in that link. You know what I mean? Like the same link from Ocarina and Majora's Mask. I was invested with that character. I was not invested with this one. But that's it. They're the same character. They're not the same character. They take place like hundreds of years apart. Yeah. But it's like a reincarnation thing. So he's always the hero of time. It's just different shits happening. Yeah, but also, like, I didn't want it to look like an acid trip. But you like Majora's Mask? That fucking moon, man? Yeah. I really enjoyed, I really enjoyed Majora's Mask. And it, I guess. Yeah, I wish they would make, I wish they would make another one. I love Majora's Mask, but I love all the Zelda games. Equally. So, uh, not equally. What you need but. to do is you need to get an emulator of the 3DS version because they completely remastered Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask, and it is fucking sick. I don't think I need an emulator. I think I can just download it to my Switch. The, th the 3DS version? If you can, then you need to play that one because it's fucking good. It looks so good. 
all of the textures, all of the lighting. Um, they up the frame rate. It's just, uh, it's so good. I believe you. I just wish there was more. Like, that was a really cool mechanic with the time travel. And it was like the darkest Zelda game. No, yeah, it was. Even though it didn't look that way, except for Tingle. Man, Tingle's a creepy motherfucker. I forgot about Tingle, dude. I hated him. Yeah, Tingle didn't forget about you. Uh, I uh, I really enjoyed the boss fights in that because obviously, like I mean, I'm a I'm a boss fights kind of person. Uh, if I could if I could just get to the boss fights quick enough, like that's that's my perfect game. So you'd like the boss rush sort of? Yeah. Thing. Like I mean, playing playing like Dark Souls and uh. Bloodborne and Sekiro like that's that's my favorite thing is because of I just I don't know like I know it's infuriating to a lot of people but I really really get into like trying to figure out the mechanic the uh the timing the rhythm and then I'll just I'll just do that fight over and over and just like help people out over and over with that fight I don't think there's anything that feels quite as good in video games as mashing your head against that wall and then you finally get the parry right you see father Gascoigne fucking oh reach back and you pull all his shit out through his stomach that fucking cocksucker and then you're finally prey slaughtered and you're just like ah oh, yeah yes um <laughs> we we can have a we can have a whole like completely different conversation about bloodborne because it is really strong. I mean, all the Souls game, really. Yeah, Dark Souls is absolutely a horror game, regardless of what they're marketed as. Yeah. But it's not a Resident Evil game, so we should probably get back yeah, on top of Yeah, That'll be in about 20 minutes that I can cut out. Yeah, keep it in there. I think it was entertaining stuff. And if people are interested in hearing about Resident Evil, they're probably also interested in hearing about that. Yeah. I guess it'll just depend on what the length is. Yeah, seven's my favorite. Two is yours. I guess then... What? How do you feel like Resident Evil has changed over time? Like other than, other than the obvious differences of you know stationary camera to first person, what has made Resident Evil to you like different in each in each title? Well, uh, it started out as like a survival horror game with you got to make sure you manage your inventory correctly. You're not going to have a ton of bullets. You don't need to kill every zombie. And then it did that for a couple of games. And then then it decided it was call a Call of Duty Zombies mode. And then it was a Call of Duty Zombies mode with a buddy. And then it was horror again. So what made it horror for those games for you? Other than zombies. Well, well for the first one, it was the atmosphere you're for a lot for a lot of the game you're basically helpless you are not going to be able to shoot most of the things to death and they don't they don't um, outright you're... explicitly tell you that that you're not going to be able to defend yourself you just kind of figure it out by dying over and over and never having enough ammo yeah you just run out of bullets and then there's still zombies and you're like well i guess i could cut him with my knife and then that doesn't work, and then you reload, and then you run past them, and it's fine. Yeah, for, for me, I think that a lot of it stems from, like you said, the atmosphere, but also the, 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 the sudden changes in the game itself. Like, you know, you, you mm -hmm. start out as a cop, 
who's going to investigate, you know, some something weird going on at either the mansion or the police station, you know, depending on which title you're playing. Well, no, Resident Evil 2, you're not investigating shit. You uh, you get into a car accident. Oh, yeah, it's it's literally your first yeah, day. Yeah, it's his first day. You get into a fucking car accident because a, a semi-truck hits you, and then you are running away from zombies. <laughs> and that you ain't figuring anything out. What if cops did that, like, just, you know, regular, regular Joe... Oh, finally, I'm out of the academy. This is my first day on the job. I can't wait to get into the office. And then you get into a car accident and everybody's dead. But then they're not dead and they're trying to bite your face off. Uh, For today's police officer, I feel like that's kind of the optimal scenario. (laughs) Fuck. Because they are not, they they don't have to worry about de-escalation. They don't have to try and figure out what's a taser and what's not. They just point it and shoot and then keep on running jesus yeah you you couldn't help but like ask yourself am i just a character in a movie and then are you a main character are you a supporting character or are you just police officer number five that's on a very finite time span yeah i don't think i'm even an extra i'm just one of those like when the apocalypse hits I'm just one of those dudes you see on the sidewalk slumped over dead already. Yeah. Like I, I feel like like the camera might camera might pan past me, but I'm doing as much work as like a, a sack of rags would. <laughs> I feel like that's most of us. People are lying to themselves if they feel like they're the main character. You're never the main character. Unless you're playing Resident Evil. I think what you're talking about is actually the one of the main differences in the games to me. So Resident Evil 2, we're, I'm going to look at two that star Leon Kennedy. Okay. So you, you Resident Evil 2, you fucking, it's your first day on the job. You don't know shit. You get fucking hit by a semi. Shit's blowing up. There's a zombie right there trying to kill you. Oh, God. You know, you're just thrown into it. You don't know what's going on. You probably don't have the the capabilities to survive this, but you're going to try. Yeah. Cut to Resident Evil 4, where you're Leon Kennedy, and you are a fucking ninja now, and you somersault kick and shoot zombies like it's cool. Listen, um, I okay, I get, I get, you know, the, the action kind of difference between the games, but at the same time, if you had just come through fucking Raccoon City... And you realize, okay, well, these horrible monsters are real. Uh, I can either just not, or I can turn into a badass and try to live longer. I feel like that's kind of a natural progression or like a choice that somebody would make. Yeah, no, I'm not talking. I'm not saying that from Leon's perspective, this is silly. It's kind of what we all wish we could do. But from the player's perspective, controlling Leon, it it is less horror than it is like a character action game because it's not something unexpected it's not oh it's stuff i'm gonna i'm gonna flip kick it and then shoot it yeah gameplay wise i i I get that but also there was just there was more that they could do with the actual engine with the console so you know they they wanted to try to try to up it give the players a little bit more mobility i think yeah i mean the more I mean, the more mobility is great, but 
you go from being some regular ass dude, completely out of his element, to being one of the fucking Avengers, basically. Like you go from regular dude to superhero. And it's just you gotta expect there's gonna be a change in tone. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I think four is most people's favorite. And and I could and I could be a hundred percent wrong, but I feel like anytime I talk with someone about Resident Evil, they say, Oh yeah, four was my favorite, or four was the last good one, which I don't Well listen, I am look, I'm not shitting on four. I had a lot of fun playing through four the first time. Uh I just it lost some of the essential Resident Evilness to me, I guess. Yeah. And that might be in retrospect. So yeah, because I mean like while you're playing it, while you're in it, I think that everybody's just hyped to have a new title. Because uh, we co-op through Resident Evil 6, and I was having a blast the entire time. And I know you, and you're, you, uh, you, do, you do tend to rage quit every now and again. And I don't remember that happening, because we, we got through all three campaigns uh, in a fairly short period of time, because we were just playing it nonstop. Okay. So first off, how dare you? Um, second off, okay, I am a little bit of a rage quitter, but just with specific titles, most of the most of the Souls games, I have gotten to a point where it's just like fuck this, and then I'll come back later and play it when I'm not furious. Yeah, I mean, it happened. It happened a couple of times with Bloodborne, but I finished it, and Bloodborne's one of my favorite games. I don't hold, I don't hold me against it. Right. Is what I'm saying. And I did have I did have fun with Resident Evil 6, but it's just on its face, it's outwardly silly. Yeah. No, I mean I, I get it because you you don't go from from one, two, and three and even four and five to some degree to you know, now it's basically just an interactive action movie. Yeah, you're you're John Wick versus zombies. But you know, that's not to say that that's not cool. It just wasn't. It wasn't what I think a lot of people thought Resident Evil should be. That's kind of what I think it was more than anything a mental block for a lot of people. Like this isn't Resident Evil. Like, you know what I mean? There was still a lot of scary shit that was going on, and I was still playing kind of conservatively. The only reason that, and it felt like it was probably more mechanically induced because of this how the game mechanics were, they wanted you to play it in that way because they gave you, like, the scorecard, kind of how they, you know, they had before. But now you would get, like, bonuses and points and stuff like that to upgrade your shit if you did well and if you killed a lot of things and if you, like, shot them all in the head and, you know, shit like that. So I, I think that really by doing that, that was kind of their intent to make this, you know, more involved. Um, as a shooter, because right about that time, Battlefield, Call of Duty, all of those are picking up, you know, Steam being more of the first person shooter kind of, you know, kind of things. I don't know if maybe that's how they were trying to go and then realized about midway through like, oh, this isn't what our people want. And then they switched gears to seven. How, you know, the actual first-person survival horror, or I don't know if maybe it was because of the success that The Evil Within got being 
you know, from actually it, it was the same lead developer who did the evil within that did the original resident evils. They got such high acclaim on that game that I think people were like, well, well why couldn't resident evil have been more like this? And then that's what they did. I don't know. I, I, I like to imagine that they were trying to refocus on what I view as more the heart of the series, which is it's, it's horror. Like you're, fighting some horrible shit and trying to survive. You're not Black Widow fighting Red Skull or anything. Yeah. So what I did like about all of the others is the co-opting. I mean, there there's just so many games out there that you can't effectively co-op through. And that was one, and Resident Evil was one that felt like at least the two that they had. Five and six, I feel like, they did it really well. Yeah, they pretty clearly designed the games from the ground up around co-op. Yeah. And it felt nice, but I I feel like even that sort of is a shot against it being a horror game. Yeah, because you're supposed to because be by you yourself. Lose sen- yeah, you lose that sense of isolation. Yeah. That's fair. That's a fair critique. Um, But I do like being able to... I'm kind of a... Uh, I don't know. Like I'm a uh I'm an introverted extrovert. So like I like to be with people and I like to do things with people as long as it's like chill and not wild and I can kind of, you know, I can still have my own experience while sharing that with somebody else. If that makes any kind of sense. But yeah, I think that um I really think that like the depth of how how fleshed out the the stories behind each Resident Evil game have gotten is kind of their their what really has helped them survive as long as it has. Yeah, they, I mean they do make they do make changes to try and cater to what people are wanting or moving the series forward, and that's good. Like yeah, like seven was awesome. Me- mecha- that bug lady was fucking gross. Yeah, that was horrible. But I th- I think like. Like, yeah, even though, like, the mechanics change or, like, the gameplay itself changes, they still have such a strong narrative that you can't help but be invested to try to see it through to the end. Because they're not, they're not the kind of, like, you know, objective A, go here. You know, it's, it's not like a whole bunch of just fetch quests. There's a there's a mystery that you have to solve, and you only solve it by continuing to go through the game. It doesn't have like a lot of stuff that you can you know get hung up on and do uh, do other things. It's like nope, you've got to figure this out, and then you know put the puzzle pieces together, and that's how you move forward, and that's how you figure out what's going on. Because it doesn't tell you shit. No, it really doesn't. Like you just all of a sudden you're in a house. You're in police station, you're in a village, and it's just like, all right, good luck. Yeah, Seven, man, Seven didn't have shit to to go on. No, they really... It was just all, (laughs) where's Mia? They really didn't give you the benefit of of anything until about halfway through. It was just like, all right, you got a a flashlight and you got some uh, some videotapes and... All right, go get them, champ. And by that point, you've probably been run over by... That uh, that redneck dude like five times. Uh, I fucking. I will say that their their characters, 
that they've created in their world are, are probably the most compelling that you'll find in any like series, especially given how long it's been around. I don't know that I agree with that, but I can't think of anything right offhand to refute it. <laughs> I mean, like, you think about it, there's such, like, the player characters themselves feel really one-dimensional because I feel like that's just to make it... Because you're playing. Yeah. But the the NPCs in the game, they definitely have their own personalities and they're, they're super fun, dynamic, uh, except for... Wesker, yeah, because I I really don't even know. Like, you just know that he's a bad guy. Like, you find out that he's a bad guy early on in the series, and then he's just consistently just the dude, always with the sunglasses. Pretty glad we actually killed him in six, five. Was it five? Yeah, he ate ass in five. Uh, he turned. He he finally like transformed. Uh. Into oh, that. that's right. Yeah. That's right. Okay. Yeah, well, when it, I thought that was one of the things in six. No, you had to fight a giant like T Rex thing. You got to, you got to be his son in Resident Evil Six that you had never ever heard him mention before. Well, to be fair, he doesn't seem exactly like a like dad material. Yeah. Can you, Can you imagine Wesker playing catch? Um, Wesker is actually my dad. So no, I can't. I guess that explains. I guess that explains the sunglasses. Yeah, and never and never being there to play catch. I feel like I feel like Albert Wesker playing catch with his kid. He would be like pegging it as hard as it as as <laughs> he could at his son, and then just super disappointed when his son doesn't catch it with one hand behind his back. Yeah. <laughs> also, I feel that Albert Wesker looks like he listens to Smash Mouth unironically. He looks like he could be the lead singer of Smash Mouth. Never seen him in both in the same place. So. But also, I have met the lead singer of Smash Mouth, and he is actually a piece of shit. You've met the lead singer of Smash Mouth? Yeah, so he was at a, he played a show in Tallahassee, and he was at a bar, like at an after party kind of thing. And mm. He was already real fucking drunk. And they were like telling him that he needed to leave. And this isn't like years ago. Years ago. Like this isn't like 10, 15 years ago. This is like uh, 2018, 2019. Well, yeah, man, he's lost. He's lost that Shrek too high that that he had. Oh, he has. And... He has not. He has not because uh, they kicked him out. And he said, do you know who I am? <laughs> so he, <laughs> no, he is, he is, he is still in uh, full delusion that this is his swamp. And we're just living in it. No, pal, I don't know who you are, but uh, go be walking on the sun. All right. Get the fuck out. <laughs> oh, boy. So where do you want to, what do you want to talk about next? Uh, we could probably. Uh, start talking about Resident Evil 8 if you wanted. Yeah, so all that leads up to Resident Evil 8. Now, I'm going to be the first to tell you that I do not read any type of reviews. I don't read any anything with spoilers. 
I've got the demo downloaded on my console right now that I just haven't played because I don't want any of the experience ruined for me. So I am not going to be the uh I am not going to be the uh, the guru on what is to come for Resident Evil 8. So please all of this is just surmising and what I would expect, what I would hope for from a game. Yeah, and I've only seen the trailer that caused the internet to start furiously masturbating over a giant vampire lady. So Because she's le- she's legit I mean, confirmed over nine feet tall. And I only thought that that was like just camera angles so that you could see down her shirt. But no, she's she's actually uh like tyrant sized. And apparently everyone wants her to step on them. Step on them? That if you go to the comments on that video, which I do not recommend, everyone is just saying step on me. Like that's it? It's the weirdest fucking thing, man. Let me tell you something. Whenever I saw because I, I had no I had no idea that a new Resident Evil was coming out. Like I knew about it in theory, but I didn't know that there was like a new um like actual like gameplay and like cinematic, you know, trailer out. I just saw this woman um that everybody on Instagram was drawing like on their like tablets and stuff and you know, they were just completely fucking like, oh, so hot, you know, new character. And I, I thought that it was some anime that that had just come out or something like that. That everybody was, you know, just like spanking it over because of how, how big her tits were or something like that. And then my buddy told me, hey, Leland, I know that you're super into horror and you love Resident Evil. Did you see the new trailer? And then there she was. In all of her nine foot glory. And to my disappointment, nothing had been exaggerated about this character. And I was uh, relieved, but also kind of like, what the fuck? Well, look, unless I'm mistaken, uh, this is the first Resident Evil that's going to have a photo mode. So they know exactly what they're doing. Oh, yeah. This is there's going to be more uh, Resident Evil Pornhub searches than Resident Evil YouTube searches. Well, yeah, I guess dep- depends on what you're looking for. Incognito mode if you're going to have someone looking through your history. But uh, safe search on if you don't want to accidentally watch vampire porn. Oh, yeah, I, w- I was I was anticipating that they were just full on diving into it. OK, not trying to find a trailer, trying to trying to get a look at that yeah. stuff. Yeah, because every everything that I had seen on Instagram was a uh, it was a lot. I'll say that. So like she's supposed she she's definitely got some kind of like tyrant thing going on, right? Like why else would she be like gray and nine feet tall? It's my assumption, but they seem to be her and her quote unquote daughters seem to be a fairly traditional vampire stereotypes but why would you have a can you imagine just getting bit by a vampire and then all of a sudden like uh now now i wear a size 19 heel and uh all my pants are about three feet too short look when you have eternal life your tastes change i, I think it's natural from to get a little esoteric but also can you imagine how horrible it would have been 
if uh, you were running away from the tyrant and he just had a giant fucking bulge. You, you wonder about what exactly he's targeting. <laughs> Can you imagine Mr. X running after you with like a giant fucking gray raging boner? Just Look, that dude's already wearing a trench coat. Like, there's, there's a 50-50 chance he's going to kill you or flash some junk. He might do both. So that's that's kind of where, where my thought is, is she's definitely some kind of like tyrant strain or something like that. Because there's just, there's not anything like directly supernatural. Up, well, up to this point, there hasn't been anything directly supernatural in Resident Evil. Everything has had some kind of scientific explanation behind it. Now, that said, they may just be taking this whole thing in a completely different direction because on the trailer that I watched, there was also what looked like werewolves and, like, armor. I don't know if you saw that or not, but... I didn't catch that. I didn't catch that. It. I will say that werewolves and armor has got to be your favorite thing about the trailer. Yeah, 100%. Like, werewolves is my is my jam. I'm, I, like, I... Uh, so that that kind of you know raises a couple different questions as far as like what specific you know subgenre this is going to be. Is this going to be the 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 experiment gone wrong kind of thing like we've seen so far, or are we now crossing over into something that's a little bit more supernatural? Well, I think I think most of the Resident Evils to this point. When they're not doing the like the tyrant and the the blatantly experiment, you know, experiment gone wrong stuff, a lot of it has hewn pretty close to to horror tropes like zombies and that sort of thing. Well, yeah, uh, to me, it feels natural for them to sort of branch out into into more. Yeah, I just I guess what I'm hoping is, I mean, they they've spent so long making this world, you know. Like making Resident Evil what it is, you know, with the with all these pharmaceuticals and with this entire back history on, you know, the flower and the, you know, the different viral strains. And then now we're just vampires and werewolves. Well, I, I did see that you you do play as Ethan again, you know, the protagonist from Seven. So it, it's definitely connected. I don't think. He's going to be looking for his fiance in some fucking Transylvanian village. Okay. And I got a hot take right here, but uh, meeting up with that girl was the worst thing that ever happened to fucking Ethan Winters. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> she, she ruined, I don't think anyone could have ruined that. his fucking life from here on out. Like, <laughs> even, even if he wasn't in Resident Evil 8, like, he was just trying to save his girlfriend, and then all of a sudden, nope, I'm mind controlled by this. Uh, hillbilly murder family that cut off your arm and also infected you because didn't didn't he get his hand back in the game because it because uh, yeah, it like so. regrew because of that they infected him. Uh, yes, I want to say that that is so. What like happened. literally all of what I, what I'm trying to say here, folks, is don't make rash life decisions over your over your college girlfriend because chances are. She's just waiting for you to come home so that her redneck torture family can eat you up. So, yeah, I mean, I'm excited to see where it's going to go, but I also have some concerns as far as the the Resident Evil as an intellectual property goes, like everything that that they have built up to this point. Yeah, and me personally, I hope that they sort of 
do what they did with seven and sort of hide the connection to the overarching narrative until the the back half of the game yeah. at least because i mean it's it's such a fresh world i mean it's it's got some elements like you saw like in four you know like kind of like a european you know pre-industrialized area um so it's it's not it's not the big outbreak of the city it's not you know the the spooky mansion so there's there's some stuff like that yeah it's it's real classic gothic shit like fucking big ass castles beat up european like eastern european i want to say villages like it's a, it's definitely pulling off some some more gothicy stuff than they've normally gone for so i'm interested to see what they do with it <laughs> yeah um that'll be a that'll be a fun one well that that'll do it for us um course we need to thank carl casey at white bat audio for our music yeah you can uh, find him on instagram youtube and anywhere you have social media um of course we do want to say thank you to everyone that has taken time out of their day to listen to this we we do appreciate you and uh i we would just love it if you could take a moment mm-hmm. and let us know what uh, what you thought uh, i would love some feedback to know what we should do more of, less of, etc. I mean, if you're if you're gonna get on there and just tell us that we suck, Dick, tell us why, because it doesn't help. You know, so if we're being horrible, give yeah, me give least, me some direction. At least let me know what flavor the dick is. You know that that's all we're asking. So, um, you can find us on social media. Uh, most of it is. Uh, at N-O-T-L-D podcast for Night of the Living Dads podcast. And be sure to share us with your friends, family, get everybody hooked on this. Yeah, but once again, uh, thank you very much. And I guess we'll, I guess next week we're going to do the uh, the movies that fucked us up. Do you, do you know what my movie is yet? Have I ever told you? I don't think so. Okay, well that'll be fun then. Guess I'm going to have to go watch Fire in the Sky again. Oh, I watched it recently, and it's just as good as you could have hoped. That's that's not my hope. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. Thanks, everybody out there in audio space land. Stay rad, scary pants. It's never going to be a thing. Mm-hmm.